Praise him. Praise God. Amen. Um, when we started the church nine years ago, I I had a pre pre prescribed vision in my head of what this church would do and where this church would go. And like God has a way of doing all the time, he takes your uh, ideas, your thoughts, your visions, and he writes his own script. He does what he wants. When we started this ministry and started this church, um, we started it with the sole purpose that it be a place where people can come from all walks of life to experience freedom in Jesus Christ. And as time has gone on and through many dangers, toils, and snares, God has been faithful to us. He has kept us. When we started this ministry, we started with a whole lot of other ministries and churches that are no longer in existence. God has been faithful to us. When we started this ministry, we started it, uh, my bank account had $2 in it. And um, we had to pull our monies together and, and, and tithe and give. In the first year of even this ministry, I, I didn't tithe 10%, I tithe 20%. Because I believe that God was going to do something amazing and awesome. And I believed in this vision that the Lord gave me. And after nine years of this, I'm just going to be honest, I'm going to be real. I hope you can handle my candor, my, my honesty, um, because I've always tried to make sure I've been integral, so I can't fake the funk with you. After nine years, a brother tithe. Yeah, thank you, Cam. Cam clapped. After nine years, a brother is tithing, because saints, life, Issues, problems have a way of weighing you down. What I've discovered is the way that you manage life, the best way to manage it, watch this, is to handle what you never see coming. There are people on your road right now that have completely fallen apart because they don't know how to manage what they didn't see coming. And even when you're tired, even when you're weak, you have to go back to your foundation, which is the word of God. You have to stand on what God spoke over your life and what God said to you for you to do. And I rest in that. In fact, some days I get up and that's all I got is a word from the Lord. When there are no goose pimples, I got a word. When I'm not spinning on my head and speaking in tongues, all I have is a word from the Lord. Look at your neighbor, tag them real quick and say, you better get you a word. Because the only reason why some of y'all have made it to where you are is because you had a word that said no weapon. Okay. There are some of you in here under the sound of my voice that say the only reason why I am here is because I got a word that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is still going to come in the morning. Is there anybody in here that say when all else fails and when I don't feel enthused and when I ain't got a lot behind me, all I have is a word from the Lord. I need somebody here to lift up your hands and tell the Lord, thank you for your word. I've had a word. I've had a word from the Lord. 
that the Lord said that this church will do mighty and great exploits. That this church will do things that are unimaginable. That this church will go places that we never thought we could go. He's going to take a bunch of nobodies and do something great with a bunch of nobody misfits. Can I tell you the tension of pastor in this church? You ready? The tension of pastor in this church is I got to pastor a bunch of people that don't fit in nowhere. I've seen some of y'all with y'all family. You don't fit in. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody right there? Okay. I, I mean, you don't fit in nowhere. You don't fit in with nobody. You, you, you're, you know, a round peg trying to get in a square hole. You know, it's just. And in the difficulty and intention of, of my life <laughs> as a pastor is to pastor a bunch of people that don't fit in nowhere. Some of you know you tried other churches. And it just didn't fit. <laughs> I'm going to read your mail. Some of you tried to run back to where you came from. And you left there saying, thank God for deliverance. <laughs> and, and so it is, that is the tension of my life and the tension of being a pastor. And so I was praying and I said, Lord, where do we go from here? What do we do at this point? I want to make sure you understand our vision. It's on the screen. Come on, let's go. Vision, our vision at the Freedom Church is to impact and empower the lives of all we come in contact with to be free in Jesus Christ. That is our, our, our vision. Come on, let's say it together. Say it. To impact and empower the lives of all we come in contact with to be free in Jesus Christ. Say it real strong. Say it like you grown. Come on. To impact and empower the lives of all we come in contact with to be free in Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, it is not a final definition of who this church is. Because it took me nine years to figure out, we got you free, but we didn't teach you how to be a disciple. Now it makes sense why he came along and shut us all down this year and took four months, put up the number four, four months, four months, thank you, four months of nothing but discipleship. Nobody's singing but me. <laughs> the struggle was real, you hear me? You know, four months of nothing but discipleship, nothing but training us. Watch this, that after you get saved, how do you walk this thing out? Because what I've discovered is it's easy to get you saved. It is hard to get you discipled. Discipleship is a process that you live with for the rest of your life. It's something you have to learn how to do day by day, moment by moment. Everybody say discipleship. So I'm praying right now because the Lord has not released me uh, to give you what the change of that vision is. But don't you worry, come 2020, it's going to include something with discipleship on it. Because our church has been great at getting you saved getting you free, but not disciple. Because we've had members, us, maybe you, maybe that person in your seat that got free from something but wasn't discipled enough to learn how to stay out of it. <laughs> and that's the problem. Because we've learned, we've taught you at Freedom how to get free. Come to the altar, clap your hands, tell God yes. Open your mouth, shout, turn around. 
lay out on the ground, cry, scream, holler, dance. We taught you how to get free, but we didn't teach you how to stay free. So the Lord is changing our definition because now after you get free, he wants you to stay free. Touch your neighbor and say, get free and stay free. Yeah, that's what he wants. That's what he wants. And so I was praying and I, and I said, Lord, how do you want me to deal with 2020? He said, well, let's first deal with 2019. So I want to talk about the 2019 vision goals. And for all my visitors, I'm sorry I'm not preaching a regular message today. This is Vision Sunday, so I got to cast vision for where God has taken us. I want to talk about the 2019 vision goals, all right? And our first goal uh, for 2019 vision goal was 150 life decisions, okay? Let me explain what's happening with the body of Christ and with the church as best as I can. The church is under assault right now. The church is under assault by a generation and a people that don't understand spiritual things. And the tension that I'm having is I'm seeing the saints define their Christianity by people who never even picked up the Bible. I am seeing the saints be infiltrated with information, excuse me, misinformation about what Christianity is and is not based upon a post you saw or an article from an unknown person. And that is the tension that I've been living with all year long. And I've been asking the Lord how to deal with this, how to get this, watch this. And so when we started, we were saying 150 life decisions. We wanted to see 150 people saved. But you, here's the real, you ready? It's hard to get people to come to church now. Because people have this misnomer that, you know, church people don't really do nothing. We don't affect no change in the society and in the community. Um, we don't, we, uh, it ain't nothing but a bunch of people that come and just emotional all the time. We don't think with our brain. We don't know how to exegete a text. We don't know what the Bible says. And then all the preacher want is your money and he living rich and doing good. Touch your neighbor, say another lie. Another lie. Amen. I felt that in the anointing. So let me give you the stats for this year, Freedom. Um, as of last Sunday, we've had 55 salvations for the glory of God. Okay. So I need for us to get our passion back about, I need you to catch this. We got to get our passion back for that alone. Because when I said that, some of y'all just clapped like that's casual. Catch this. 55 people are no longer going to hell. And if you don't get excited over that, you ain't, I have to question some stuff. Because that's what the church is about. The church is not about your, your, your hi-hat high high tea. The church is not about you selling chicken dinners. I hate to bust your bubble, but if you read the Bible real good, the church is not about feeding the hungry either. That is a byproduct. The church number one goal is to get souls saved. That's what the word of God says. Jesus said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. That was his purpose. That was what he was here to do. Let me blow your mind real good this time. You ready? Tell me where Jesus fed the hungry. Excuse me, the homeless. 
I'll wait. The only time you see him feeding somebody, watch this, was when he turned two fish, five loaves of bread, and he fed the multitude that came to church to hear him preach. Ready for the other time he fed somebody? Because you don't read your Bible, and so you don't know this. The other time he fed somebody was when uh, he arose from the dead, and he was sitting with the disciples, and he was cooking fish. And he fed the disciples and Peter. Read your Bible and you'll know what I just said right there. So while you have this thing that society has told you what the church is supposed to be doing, you don't read your Bible long enough to figure out maybe that ain't the number one purpose. I'm not saying the church shouldn't do that. In fact, we're getting ready to do that in just a minute. But that is a byproduct of what the church is supposed to do. The number one goal is to get souls saved. Go into all the world, teaching them. When you great commission, he says to get them saved. Uh-huh. And so as a church, our job, number one, numero uno, is to get souls saved. So this year, we've had 55 people to come to Jesus Christ in this church. Now, let me give you some numbers. Here we go. Let's talk about join, all right? In 2018, we had 42 people to join this church. We retained 19 of them, which is 45% of them, which is a very good number, okay, just so that you know. Because there are people who come to church, and they get emotional, and they, get the, they hit the altar, and I'm going to join this church, and, and they, listen, you'll never see them again, okay? Um, but here's where we get off, Okay? 42, this is 2018, 42 joined, uh, 19 retained, that's 45% rate, and then we had active in ministry, 10 of those 19 were active in ministry, which is 53%. That's amazing. Here's where we get off. 2019, we had 41 people to join, okay? We retained 28 of them, which is a 68% retention rate. And here's where we hit the fan. Seven of them are active in ministry. Houston, we have a problem. Because we went from 53% of the people who were retained active in ministry to 25%. Okay? That's the first thing. Second thing is organizational restructuring. We, we uh, sought this year to organize our church not around staff members, but we wanted to... Uh, Bring up, raise up directors who would oversee the ministry leaders. We set up our church into different departments that are designed to support the church and what we do. Um, we got that completed this year. The third thing was a discipleship track that we got done. We redeveloped our new members orientation. Uh, those who were in my last new members class that graduated in October, was that October? When was that? November. We had a graduation in November. Okay, my last graduation class, if you're here, please stand. My last graduation class. Amen. Yeah. All right. Praise God. Amen. All right. Thank y'all so much. Y'all can be seated. Um, we, we, we redeveloped our new members orientation class, and I teach that class um, as well. You turn that off. 
uh, we, we, <laughs> we redeveloped our new members orientation. We set up a process as well to move people from new members to active in, in ministry. And we have developed this discipleship track even beyond operating in ministry. And we'll talk about that for 2020. We also, thank you, went to two Sunday services this year. Amen. And because of our size limitations, uh, we ventured uh, beginning of last uh, this year to move to two Sunday services. And here is the problem with freedom. We start out real strong. But then as time goes on, what ends up happening? We start, okay? So here's what I've discovered. You ready? Here's what I've discovered after nine years. You know what this church likes? Y'all like one big service. Y'all don't mind coming in and sitting on top of each other. You don't mind it. Because mm -mm. the moment I gave you options, I ain't going today. But the moment you knew that a seat might be gone, let me go to church. And y'all pack it out real good. You don't believe me? We looked at our numbers for the last two months. And do you know our numbers for the last two months in service, adult church, has been higher in the last two months than any of the time in the first three months of the year? I ain't fighting y'all no more. Come to two service. No, mm -mm. I ain't blowing out my voice anymore. One service. Come and pack it out. Amen. Pull out a seat. Praise God. Because of the resources that it takes in order to get that done, that's taxing on people. That's taxing on ministry members. That's taxing on, on a lot of things. And so I've just decided I'm not fighting it anymore. We're going to have one big service. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Come on, let's go. Here are the things that we did not get done this year. We did not, uh, our small group or reorganization did not happen this year. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. We did not get our 501c3 programs done. We've been um, kind of all over the place with that. Um, we did not do a, a full-time staff member, which I'm glad about, and I'll explain in a minute. We did not get a passenger van, which I'm glad about, and I'll explain in a minute. And we did not remodel the bathrooms, which I'm glad about, and I'll explain in a minute. Pastor, why didn't this get done? Because there was something that happened in April called discipleship that stopped all our plans. That stopped us in our track and reshifted us, shifted us to where we needed to be and what we needed to focus on. Okay. What good is it to have a van and you ain't got nobody to drive it? So, I prayed. And I said, Lord, do you want me to just take those and put those in the 2020? And the Lord said, nope. In fact, this year, we're going to shift this into a different direction. Now, you sitting there and you're saying to yourself, are we always going in a different direction? Nope. We're going to go in the direction that the Lord has already said. But we made, listen, we made this Santa Claus list of things that we wanted to get done. And God is saying, you need to look a little closer at your core values. Because you have them there for a reason, but people are not operating in them in the way that they should be. So I want to talk about our five core values at this church. Now, what's our vision again? Uh, 
All right, say it one more time. Go to impact and empower the lives of all we come in contact with to be free in Jesus Christ. Amen. I didn't see a deacon say it. I'm scared. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> and your wife put you out there. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Let's talk about our core values. Let's talk about our core values. Um, the first core value, which you've heard a lot, more than any of them, is it, what is it? Let's say that together. Say it. An empty seat is a serious matter. Every chair in this building represents a life that can be changed through the freedom that Jesus gives. So when we see empty chairs, freedom, I need y'all to hear me, we should be motivated to reach more souls until filled. And after those are filled, we need to go get some more chairs and reach more people because an empty seat is a serious matter. Now, hear me and hear me well. Do away with this mindset that says, oh, look at the people coming late and we got to go get some more chairs. Be grateful that you're in a church that you got to go get more chairs for people to sit down in. Because there's some ministries, and I'm not knocking them, I'm just telling you the truth. There's some ministries out there, ain't nobody joined in 20 years. Ain't nothing happening. And then we get the attitude. Oh, I got to scoot over. The greed is telling me to move over. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a good problem to have. You know when it's a bad problem? When you got a whole pew by yourself. Do me a favor, lift your hands. Freedom members, lift your hands and say, Lord, don't ever let me sit by myself again in this church. Give God the praise right there. We want to make sure that we are constantly having to put chairs out. We want to make sure that we are constantly reaching out to more people so that we can fill more chairs. Why? Because an empty seat is a serious matter, and the empty seat means a changed life. So let's give you some stats. Here we go. Current membership. Our current membership right now is 132 adults. 20 teens and 50 children. That means right now we have a total of 202 members total in this church. Okay, but some of y'all, that don't mean nothing. But can I talk to the people that remember the hotel days and the 5600 days and remember where the Lord brought us from? I said, let's give God glory that he brought us a mighty long way. I need you to catch this, and this is a this is a real number. Okay, let me let me let me tell you what the hype is. Most churches, most churches, when they tell you about their membership, those are people who left long time ago who's still on the roll. I'm here to let you know at Freedom we purge. If we don't see you, you get purged. Pastor, that's a little that's a little harsh. No, we put you as inactive. Why do I do that? Because I need to know what I'm working with. See, I, I know, I know, I know, unfortunately, we try to count money we don't have. I ain't got time to count members I don't have. I got to make sure that I got backup. And I can't be calling backup that don't never back me up. 
know some of y'all don't like that. It's okay. Breathe in, breathe out. You're going to make it through this. Because it's a harsh reality. I don't count numbers that ain't there. You go to some church, how many members y'all got? 1,800. You get there, it's 400. Well, where the rest of them? Are y'all hearing me? Okay. So we have 132 adults. We have 20 teens and 50 around. We, we estimate we with these children now. Because y'all got one scripture right. Be fruitful and multiply. Y'all got that one right. Praise God. Amen. All right. So that is our current membership. What is our goal for 2020 when it comes to an NTC that's a serious matter? We want to be strategic and intentional by using here this Super Sundays throughout the year to reach more souls for Jesus Christ. There are four Super Sundays planned in 2020. I need you to hear this. And our goal is to increase, as the, increase the invites as we go through the year. So I need you to hear this. So on March the 29th, which is our first Super Sunday, all I need you to do is bring one person with you. And on May the 31st, which is our second Super Sunday, I need you to bring two people with you. And on August the 30th, which is our third soul cry, I need you to bring, y'all so smart. And on November the 29th, 2020, which is our fourth uh, super, uh, super Sunday, I need you to bring four people with you. Why are we doing it like that? Because I want you to see how the momentum happens. Churches don't grow by happenstance. They grow by intentionality. Uh, by, by us intentionally inviting people, evangelizing, reaching out to people, and asking them to come to our church. Hear me and hear me well. Everybody ain't our flavor. So stop shooting in the dark. You'll get that when you get home. All right. One, another thing that we're going to do is we're going to look at our service and make sure that they're geared towards introducing souls to Jesus Christ. Why do, what do I mean by that? I mean by that is that sometimes you can come to church and you hear church lingo and unsaved people don't know what that means. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. What does that mean? So we have to explain more in our services for people to understand and grab it. So they don't think we're some fanatics and we're out of our mind and we don't know what we're talking about, all right? We will fill the seats. Hear this, because God spoke this to me to tell you. We will fill the seats when you believe that God can change a life. That's when this church is going to grow beyond what we are at. When you believe that God can change a life. And here's the question I got for your freedom. Is your life the evidence that God can change anybody? Or, here we go, here go your preach for this morning. Have you settled with being broken and stopped believing that God can deliver? This is where our problem is. Because you got free, but we can tell you how to be a disciple. So you have settled on being broken, depleted, broke, busted, and disgusted. You have settled with the issue, with the sin. You have settled with where you are in life and not realizing that the same God that delivered your soul is the same God that can get you out of what you're in right now. Can I just, can we just have testimony for service just for a minute? I need somebody here just to testify and let somebody know. I was one of those that was lost. I didn't even know how I was going to come out. But God came along one day and rescued me out of my foolishness, out of my craziness. Watch this. He didn't just save my soul. I need somebody here to say he delivered my mind. That there was some stuff I was in. That there was some things I was doing. There was some hurt that I had in my heart. But I got a God that came along and rescued me. 
need somebody here that say, I'm the evidence that God can change anybody. If you knew how far he brought me from, and if you knew what he's done in my life, and if you knew how far he brought me, you would understand that I'm a living testimony. Watch this. But some of us have settled with the fact that I am the way I am, and this is just it, and this is how it's going to be. Can I, can I help you real good? And some of you, because you have settled on that, you are running people from God. Because they can't understand how you go to church every Sunday and you still that mean at work. It's getting quiet. I feel like I'm talking right over here. How is it that you do all that shouting and you still don't get along with nobody in your family? Hello. we're supposed to be the evidence of what God can do. I love when folk I used to run with send me a message on Facebook. I love it. I love it. Because I'm a testimony of what God can do with anybody. <laughs> you think just because I'm a preacher that a preacher ain't got no past? Touch your neighbor say preachers got past too. Touch your neighbor and say, preachers got present. <laughs> but the same God that kept me in my past and is keeping me in my present is going to bring me into my future. And I'm the evidence. See, that's why I can't sit down on my praise and I can't act like, I, it shouldn't nobody ask me to lift my hands and nobody should ask me to give God glory. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my hands go up and I open up my mouth because I'm the evidence of what God has done. I need 10 seconds in here for you to throw your head back, open up your mouth. If you are the evidence of what God has done in your life, open up your mouth and tell God, thank you that you brought me a mighty long way. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm the evidence. Can you be a walking billboard of the power of God operating in someone's life? Can you be the walking billboard? Are you a chosen generation? Are you a royal priesthood? Are you a holy nation? Are you a peculiar people? Are you the one that shows forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light? Or are you just Mr. Doom and Gloom? Are you miscomplaining? Because, because, can I tell you something? Somebody said this to me. He said, Pastor, you know, praise be real good. But I went in the back, and ooh, you should, you should feel what I feel when I go in the back. It's just people's spirits be off, and it, it just don't be, you know, da, 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 da. And, and here's my here's my response to that. You ready? You ready? You ready? Here's my response to that. Why don't you go stand by and create an atmosphere that they can't sit there and be comfortable. Oh, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, honey, you sit there and get the cute award, but my hands are going to go up and I'm going to make some noise and I'm going to give them glory. I'm giving you five seconds on the count of three to be evidence that God has been good to you. One, two, three, open up your mouth and bless him. Are you the evidence? Are you the evidence? Shut down my praise. I'm not gonna sit there on Cool Street. 
I don't do all that. Child, please, if somebody scratched up your car right now, you'd be louder than anybody up in here. Who scratched my car? Give them the same praise then. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Here's, number, here's, here's my second. Here's my second one. Come on, let's go. The second uh, is we create contagious environments. Everybody say create, create. contagious create. environments. We want to be the church that people want to attend. Not something that is perceived to be an interruption on the weekend schedule. And that's where we are. Everything is an interruption for you now when it comes to the things of God. But it seems like everything that creates hell in your life is never the interruption. I preached about this last Sunday. Some of y'all weren't here, so let me say it now. It, it is amazing to me that the one thing you cut off when you go through is church. Question, was church the issue? Is what you hurting over, was it church? Why is it that you stop church, but you don't stop the thing that got you in the pain that you're in right now? I'm confused. See, I'm grown enough to know. Willie, let's talk. I'm grown enough to know now. You ready? That when somebody ain't good for me, I cuts them off. I love you from a distance. Watch this. But the people that's been good to me, I don't care how much we fall out, somehow we're going to come back together. You know what somebody taught me a long time ago? When you've been good to people, they always come back. They always come back. How is it that the church was there strengthening you, encouraging you, praying for you? But when hell starts coming, watch this. Sometimes the hell that was self-imposed, now you cut off the one place where you got what you needed. I just don't feel like coming. And we all been there. We all been there. But can I tell you something? When you don't feel like coming, that's the time you got to press. Watch this. And then get, a right, get around the right people. Okay, y'all don't like that right there. Sometimes when I don't feel like coming, I got to get around the people that when I ain't got the fire, they got the fire. So when I don't feel like it, I grab their hand. And while I'm grabbing their hand and I'm not feeling it, they giving God glory and giving God praise. And all of a sudden, while they giving God glory and giving God praise, what's on me got to break up off me. And I got to start giving them glory as well. So when you say hallelujah, I say hallelujah. Grab the hand of your neighbor and say hallelujah. We gonna bless the Lord together. That's emotionalism. That's emotionalism. I don't do all that. Got my little degree now. I live on the other side of the tracks. I drive a Cadillac. I don't do all that now. Can I tell you something? You ready for this? When I was eating beans and weenies, and that's all I had, I knew how to give them a praise then. When I didn't have nobody to call boo. 
when I had nobody in my phone, when nobody was DMing me, I still had a God. So I ain't going to get brand new now. Shake your neighbor by the hand and say, don't get brand new now. But give God all the glory and give God all the praise. You got to create the environment. You got to create an environment of praise. You got to create an environment of worship. You got to create an environment of breakthrough. church this morning, woke up at 4 o'clock, went to bed around 1, 2, whatever, woke up at 4 o'clock, trying to get ready, I came in today, I was not feeling it, and here come Winchell, hey man, how you doing, you good, I want to say get off me, watch this, and even though I didn't feel like it, I was around somebody that when I wasn't there, they got me there. Watch this. And will stay there until they get on my nerves. Until I come up. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you can't help me come up, don't sit next to me next Sunday. Because I need somebody to catch me in the spirit. I need somebody to lift me when I'm down. I need somebody I can get around and start a fire together. I need you to grab your neighbor by the hand and say, let's start a fire. Let's start some praise. Let's start some worship. Let's start some adoration. Open your mouth, freedom, and give God the glory. So let me give you practical give you practical so what are we doing watch this the Lord has instructed me to do this number one we're going to start an intercessory prayer team it's number one that those that want that believe that God has called you to be an intercessor that you want to pray for now understand something intercessory don't mean you pray for yourself it means you pray for other people okay our intercessory prayer team uh, they will pray for our services they will pray for the sick they will pray for the hurting. They will pray for the pastor. We will build that in into the fabric of our church. In fact, we're shifting our services beginning in January that we're going to start out. I know that we usually have an altar call in the middle of our services, but because they are running so long now, I am moving that to the end. And now we're going to have intercessory prayer. Watch this. Uh, our service start at 10 a.m. Intercessory prayer will start at 955 and will continue into the service until the Lord say. And then we will go into praise and worship. Because we need to set an atmosphere. So hear me, hear me, hear me. So if you need prayer, if you are struggling, watch this. I can't wait on you any longer. You got to want it. We, we, we beyond this, come on, come on, come on. No, we're beyond that now. Now I need you to want it. So if you catching hell, you better be at this altar at 955. You don't allow your lateness to make you stay bound any longer. You got to be aggressive in the spirit. You got to want it. So number one, we're going to watch this. We're going to have an intercessory prayer team. Number two, how do we create contagious environments? We're going to have meaningful fellowship. Meaningful fellowship. Question, I don't need you to answer out loud because some of y'all, you just want to be seen. I don't need you to answer out loud. Do you know your neighbor's name? You ready for this? Majority of you don't. Because we don't take the time to ask other people, what's your name? 
So listen, another thing that we're changing in the service, before we start, hear this, before we start the message, every Sunday before we start the message, we're going to take one minute, ask your neighbor what their name is, and we're going to pray together. And you're going to pray for your neighbor, and you're going to pray that souls are saved. What am I doing? What is God doing? Trying to get the focus off of you all the time. This self-centered gospel that now that we live by, that all you do is I'm coming to get my word. When's somebody else going to get a word? You get a word every single Sunday. You are obese in the spirit. Because you eating every Sunday. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out the mouth of God. So that when the word is given, you are eating the word. You are feeding your spirit. You are obese in the spirit. Because you take and take and take and take it. But every now and again, you need to pause and say, wait a minute, my neighbor ain't eating. Come on, baby. It's going to be all right. Come on. We're going to praise him today. Come on. We got to create a contagious environment. So we're going we're gonna to have meaningful fellowships. One of the hardest things, I'm moving quickly, one of the hardest things to deal with is watching people in this church isolate themselves and then complain about being lonely. The Lord said this to me. I was driving, and the Lord said this to me. The reason why some of you isolate yourself and then complain about being lonely is because you can't get out your way long enough to come and be a part of fellowship. What do you think the church was designed for? It was designed for cornea, fellowship. And the reason why you're struggling is because you don't have a connection. reason why you, in your mind, still wondering, should I be a member here? It's because you don't have a connection. You don't struggle about where you're supposed to be when you feel like you belong. But when you don't have any connection, you will always walk around with this question mark over your head. That's why God created the church, for fellowship. You can't get fellowship at home watching internet. You can't. I got my word, but you ain't got no fellowship. So when the enemy comes like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, he isolates you and you all by yourself, all in your feelings, because you have not created fellowship. Watch this, and I hope you're ready for this. This is for grown folk right here. Sometimes God will place you around people that can work your last nerve and that you don't get along with. Watch this, because he's trying to teach you how to love even when you don't agree. God dog it, that was good right there. This is why you can't keep no stable relationship. This is why you go from pillar to post. This is why you're on this job one week and you're on that job the next week and you all over the place because you have not learned that sometimes I can love you even if I don't like you and I can still worship with you even though we don't see eye to eye. But as soon as somebody makes you mad, I'm getting off the ministry. Touch your neighbor and say, get your life. God is trying to train you how to grow up, how to take it. You think I got to where I am because everybody liked me? The devil is a liar. I remember I was a youth pastor, and I used to preach, and I had this one lady. I had this one lady. Every time I preached, she would go back there and tell the pastor, he made us lift our hands. He made us turn around. He made us touch our neighbor. I'm sick of all that. Every time I preached, she sat there with her arms folded. That's why I could preach to some of y'all now because I was used to it. And she sat there with her arms folded with her mouth all poked out 
down looking at me. And the more she had poked out her mouth, the more her arms folded, the harder I preached. Because it taught me that even if you don't like me, I, we serve the same God. And since we serve the same God, we can worship together. We can go, we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We can come together and worship together. I need you to grab your neighbor by the hand, lift it up and say, come on, let's worship together. And if we fall out, we still going to worship together. And if we don't like each other, we still going to worship together. And after a while, our worship will put us back together again. Won't everybody agree with you? I don't like how they did. Child, listen. I don't know where you're going to go in life. Watch this. The Lord said this to me this morning. You said you join this church, and then you get to this place where you're just like, huh? And then you say, I didn't sign up for all this. Do you know anything you've done in your life you didn't sign up for? Do you know, watch this, even the marriage you thought you was going to have. <laughs> I need a married person to say, I ain't signed up for all this. I didn't know they was that crazy. I, did, I, did, I had no clue. Sometimes God is trying to teach you and train you how to love even in the midst of what you don't like. But you want church to be bird king. You want to have it your way. And as soon as you don't like what somebody did, I'm leaving. Get your life. Because God is saying, when are you going to finish one assignment? Just one. We'd rather cut people off than to learn how to connect. We as individuals need to learn how to ready ourselves for worship. We need to stop being so dry and cold towards God. We need to have excitement. But when you worship God, it affects atmosphere. When you praise God, it shifts the place. It shifts everything around you. That's why That's why some of y'all even see this. You ever seen, in, especially in the Catholic Church, you see the altar boys or the priests, they wave in the incense, and the incense is going everywhere? You think that's that's cultural. No, that's, that's, that's Bible. You ready for this? Because they understand that incense was to cleanse the atmosphere. It was supposed to get rid of any and everything that takes your mind away from God. It was supposed to cleanse the atmosphere. Can I tell you what we do? We might not spray incense everywhere, but we got worship and we got praise. That when we start worshiping and praising, it cleanses the atmosphere. Has anybody ever come in here with your heart broken and you just heavy down and you just got all this weight on you? But all of a sudden when you lift your hands and open up your mouth, everything that was on you cleanses the atmosphere. Can we go ahead and just cleanse the atmosphere and freedom? Open up your mouth and give God glory and say, I got to cleanse the atmosphere around here. You got to create contagious environments. You got to clean the air with worship and praise. Here we go. Here's the next one. You got to unleash a culture of generosity. My amen's going to leave us now. Christians are called to be generous givers. God has been good to us and it's our privilege and responsibility to be good stewards of what he has let us borrow. Jesus said that our heart was connected to our treasure. So if your heart is somewhere, your money should follow. You can't say you have a heart for freedom and your money don't follow freedom. I can't say I love you and I don't keep the lights on. Can't say I love you and I don't keep the, the, the bills paid. Can't say I love you and I don't keep gas in the car. The lie that say love don't cost a thing. The devil is a lie. I'm talking to single people right through here. Devil is a lie. 
after a while, somebody going to have to pay some bills. Come on, when you come up out of that bedroom, you got to pay some bills. Y'all getting quiet right through here. So watch this. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that love and giving is, is tied to each other. So you can't say you love this church, but you don't give to this church. So here's what we're going to do in 2020. I want to show you these numbers. Come on, look at the screen. In 2018, January to November 30th, in 2018, we brought in a total of $261,947,000. Can we give God glory for that? Yeah. So Kendra, Cece, and Winchell will remember the days when we just hit 30000 and we were shouting over there. We was giving God glory and praise for $30,000. Then the Lord elevated us to 50000 the next year. We thought we was doing something. Hallelujah. Then I think one year we got to 96. We was big ball of shot callers then. That's what we brought in in 2018. Come on, let's go to the next one. In 2019, we brought in $306,429,000. That means, that means our giving has gone up to 17%, up by 17%. That is a, listen, can we give God glory for that right there? That is amazing. That is amazing. There's so many churches out there that are struggling financially, that just don't have it, that just, you know, it's hard to keep the lights on, hard to keep the bills paid, it's hard to just do everything. But God has favored this church and this ministry so much with faithful givers, tithers that support this ministry, and it allows us to do what we do. That is how much our giving has gone up. But what do we need in 2020? What do we need in 2020? Look around this room. Just look around this room. Look around this room. You ready? Look at your pastor. It's time to move. It's time to move. Hear me. Over the last couple of uh, months, I had been saying that I felt as if it was a good idea for us to buy this building and to move at the same time. And I sat down with the deacons because I don't, make decisions unless I get uh, sound counsel around me. I don't just make uh, decisions arbitrarily. Most pastors, are, mar they, are they, they marvel at how I run this church because any pastor that starts their own church, nine, nine times out of ten, they're on the bank account. I ain't on nobody's bank account. I can't go get no money out of nothing. Okay? I've set this church up in a way where I have accountability to this church, that I don't just do what I want when I want to do it. That yes, I'm prayerful, and yes, but I take good counsel as well. And my deacons came to me and they said, Pastor, um, I don't, they said it in a way, I can't remember how they phrased it, but I didn't get offended, praise God. And so, um, but they said it in a way where it almost made me quantify why we needed to buy this building. And when they positioned it like that, I was like, I ain't got no reason. And so it kind of messed with me because I was like, I can't ask this church to give sacrificially to a reason that I can't quantify. I believe my attachment to this building was because of the investment we made in it. Because some of y'all know when we first moved over here, it was a mess. What you see today is not what was here. None of this was here. Every wall was a mustard on yellow. Mustard everywhere. That cafe is a miracle all by itself. It didn't look nothing like that. We have renovated this place, and I believe my attachment is to the investment that we made to the renovation. So remember I said we didn't remodel the bathrooms? I'm glad now. 
because the, the deacons made me see from a different light that maybe the wise decision is not to invest our money here, but to invest our money somewhere else that can fit where we're headed, okay? So I need you to understand this. We need to move. We can't s sustain here. Here's the crazy part about what God is doing in our church. This is the time, the end of years, most times when church attendance gets lighter. Our church attendance has been getting heavier as the time has gone on. Which, which makes me believe, which makes me see that God is going to do something in 2020 when it comes to our church and our church growth. So we need to ready ourselves for where we're headed. So hear me. What I'm asking for us to do, I don't know where we're headed. I don't know where we're going. Been here before. I don't know where we're headed. I don't know where we're going. I, we've been here before. Anybody that's been with us a long time know that this always happens to us. I don't know what the next step is. All I know is we can't stay here, that we need to go where God has for us. So here's what I need to, us to do in 2020. I'm asking every partner of the Freedom Church to give $50 each month above tithes and offerings for where God is getting ready to take us. I don't know where we're headed. I don't know where we're going. All I know is we can't stay here. We've been around this mountain long enough. It's time to go. And so what we want to do is, hear me, we're going to take the money that you give, the $50 a month above tithes and offerings, Plus, I, we have commissioned our, our finance team to also save and match the same amount, okay? What we want to do in 12 months' time is to raise, is to collect $60,000 for that to be our nest egg for where we're headed next, wherever that is, whatever God going to do. I don't know. So what we're doing from a financial standpoint is we're taking finances from the church of $2,500 every month and we're going to save that for a whole year. And we're going to take the money that you give, that you that we give sacrificially, and we're going to put that together, and we're trying to get to $60,000 in 2020. Are Y'all hear me? Y'all got this? But I need you to be faithful to that. I don't need you to take money from what you give to the church and then start giving sacrificially. No. Sacrifice means above and beyond. Okay? So I need for you to support this ministry in a way that you are giving your tithes, giving your offerings, but you are sacrificing $50 above tithes and offerings every month so that we can go where God is taking us. Amen? So I need y'all to hear that. But I need a buy-in from y'all. I need y'all to support this ministry. A lot of times, some of you come in here and you, you sit and you you soak it all up and you get all this great word and you get all this great worship and you get all this, but everything you see costs us. I love our musicians, but we got to write them a check every Sunday. I know y'all don't like that. Why they don't play for free? Why don't you work for free? That's work. Amen. You get up here and don't know that song. That's work. It, it costs. So we need you to support this ministry and support this church so that what we are investing in this ministry and in this church, we can grow even further than where we are right now. Are y'all with me? Okay, so I need us to do that in 2020, all right? Um, here's the, uh, yes. Um, I'm asking you to do something even before we get to 2020, and I need you to hear this. We need something this month, and I believe we can do this. I asked our media team, I said, listen, we have a lot of members who work on Sunday, who can't be home Wednesday. They have weird hours. They're all over the place. 
And I believe that we need a bigger social media presence. Y'all remember when we used to be on Facebook Live and all that? Okay. We stopped because we wanted to make sure that we had the right stuff together. And I asked the media team, I said, listen, we, you need to tell me what cameras we need. You need to tell me what programs we need in order for us to go back broadcasting live on the Internet again. Because a lot of people would come to our church if they knew what they were in store for. You don't go, I don't go to nobody's church unless I look up their Facebook Live first. Am I, can I just be real with you? I got to look up their Facebook Live. And so what I'm asking you to do this month, everybody say this month. I'm asking everybody to give $40 by Christmas, $40 by Christmas, so that we can buy all the cameras that we need, so that we can set up our online presence. I need your help in doing that, because I believe we can reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, even via internet. Amen? So I need you to do that, to sacrificially give towards that. You can even start to do that today. Let me go quickly, and I'm done. We don't maintain, we multiply. Everybody say, we don't maintain, we multiply. Our goal is growth in every area of life. So I want to give you a couple of things that we're getting ready to do. We're, going, we're getting ready to start a health and fitness ministry. Yeah. We need to be fit for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I shouldn't be running back there and huffing and puffing. Praise God. <laughs> Some of y'all, if you ran, you'd be huffing and puffing. Amen. All right. Um, we want to also, uh, our well woman. Uh, um, uh, ministry is taking off. God is doing amazing things. So we have some great things ready and designed for next year for 2020. We are changing our man cave. It is now going to be called the huddle. Amen. So I'm excited about that, men. We have some great things designed in 2020. We also have a wonderful marriage ministry. And so we're excited about that as well. Um, we're bringing free team nights for those that are, tr are, are that work in ministry. It's training, um, training like how to perform under pressure. How to prevent burnout in ministry. Learning to manage, uh, uh, manage and prioritize your time. And the last thing that we're doing is called Freedom University. That's where we're going to take our small groups, but we're putting them on Wednesday night, and we'll be teaching different classes on different subjects, all right? We're going to be dealing really heavily with the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit operate? We're going to deal with that. Then we're going to talk about uh, relationships and those, and so that's coming as well. Um, so here's what I need you to do, all right? Uh, you're getting ready to receive a text message as I'm talking right now. And the text message is going to be a link because somebody came to me and they said, Pastor, I don't want to plan my life around everything else. I need to plan my life around the church and then everything else be planned around that. And what they said to me was, Pastor, we've been getting uh, the information for what happens in this church maybe a week, two weeks before it happens. So here's what we're doing. The link you should be receiving right now in your phone is a link, watch this, to our uh, shared drive of the uh, calendar. And on the calendar tells you all the events for 2020. Everything is already planned out. Everything is already scheduled. So we don't have any excuses. I ain't know or I had some plan. Here it is. I want everybody to see it. You can see it for yourself. It's on there. Now. If you do not receive it, that means we ain't got the right number for you. So, if you want to receive it, I need you to go by the Welcome Center immediately following service so that you can get, uh, um, so that we can check your number and send it to you. Also, you can go by the Welcome Center as well, and we have printed copies of the entire calendar for 2020. Make sure you get that. All leaders need to get the calendar. All leaders need to get the calendar. Everybody that work in ministry need to get the calendar, all right? Have some of y'all started receiving it? 
Have some of y'all started receiving? Okay, good. It's working. Praise God. All right, here, here comes the next one. Uh, we come to serve, not be served. We are working on our 501c3. We're making sure that we're doing things that are effective that we can do every year in this church, and so that's coming. And the last but not least, we build legacy for the next generation, and grafted in the fabric of our ministry is the need to reach the coming generation. Uh, Joni, run up here real quick. Come on, run, run, run. Praise God. You be like Jackie McCullough. You're too slow. <laughs> Amen. Joni, what's coming for the youth and the children's ministry? So our vision for 2020 is to go back to foundational teaching. Um, we realized that um, we were teaching them month by month, but they didn't know. Like some of us had Sunday school where we learned the books of the Bible and, you know, Father Abraham and, you know. And so, <laughs> and so we are going to go through our own discipleship track. We started um, when we resumed in what month? August? Yeah, September. We started then and we're going to continue that track so that our children will know the foundations of their their faith. Um, they will know who um, Jonah is. They will know who, you know, Peter is, you know. And so that's what our focus is. In everything that we do, we will be weaving those parables, those stories, those characters in. So... Amen. Give it up for uh, Joni, who's the director. Amen. So listen, last thing and I'm done. Habakkuk, uh, this is the scripture that the Lord has given us. Uh, Habakkuk 2 and 3. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I need you to touch everybody you can reach and tell them no more delays. No more delays, freedom. No more delays. No more delays. Every freedom member that's coming in partnership with the word that I just released, with the vision I just released, every freedom member that's coming in partnership, can you please stand? I want to pray. Every freedom member that's coming in partnership with the vision I just released, can you please stand? saying no more delays hear me and hear me well what God does in this house I decree and declare he will do in your house that whatever has been held up I hear the Lord saying no more delays if you come in covenant with that word lift your hands right where you are father we receive your word on today we first want to say thank you for this great place called the Freedom Church. Thank you for this place that we can come and find deliverance and find encouragement and find safety and find healing. Thank you for this place called Freedom on today, God. That you could have put us in any ministry, but you saw fit to put us right here, God. And we want to tell you thank you. Can you just take a minute, open up your mouth, and thank God for what God has done in your life here at this church? Come on. 
with your hands lifted up, just open your mouth and tell him thank you for what he's done. Tell him thank you for this church. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for the word that I needed. Thank you that when my when I got weak, I came and received strength. Where that when I got lost, I came and got back in the fold. That when when I needed love, I found love right here in this place called freedom. Come on, freedom, open up your mouth. So God, we thank you and we bless you. We decree and declare no more delays. We speak it in the atmosphere. We say no more delays. We speak it over our homes. We say no more delays. We speak it over our finances. We say no more delays. We speak it over our health. We say no more delays. And we thank you now for what you're doing. We glorify you. We thank you now, God. God, you took us all through 2019 to get us ready. You took us on an alternative route that we didn't even see coming. But we thank you now that there are no more delays. And we bless you. And we honor you. Though the vision tarry, you will do just what you said you will do. And we decree and declare it's getting ready to happen. Hey, I need somebody here to lift your hands and tell the Lord thank you that it's getting ready to happen in my life, in my church, in my family. Thank you that it's getting ready to happen. We bless you. We glorify you that there are no more delays. That whatever was held up will not be held up anymore. In fact, in the spirit realm, God, unblock it right now. Thank you for the moments that you had to take us through. Thank you that when you had to cut off the connection. Thank you that when we couldn't go to the left or to the right, we put our trust in you so God we glorify you that there are no more delays and that you're doing just what you said you will do freedom open up your mouth and give God the loudest praise you can right there glory to your name we bless you everybody's standing if you're not already standing if you don't know Jesus for yourself, if you're unsure of your salvation, you never confess the Lord Jesus Christ. I know it's an un unusual service. I know you didn't get a regular sermon like normal, but maybe God is tugging on your heart and telling you that this is your church, that this is your ministry, that what you heard on today, it's pricked your heart, that this is where you need to be, that this is where you belong. I don't know where you are in this house, but if you never confess the Lord Jesus Christ or you're unsure of your salvation or God is calling you to be a member of this church, wherever you are, just lift up your hand right where you are. Come on, I see your hand. Is there another? I see your hand. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Come on, if you lifted your hand, come on down here. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, that's it. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all ain't praising. Y'all ain't praising. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Come on, freedom, stretch your hands this way. God, I thank you for those that have come to this altar that are making this dedication to you, God, that they're shifting this, their life right now. God, I thank you, God, that you're calling them out of darkness and bringing them into your marvelous light. Thank you for the freeing power of Jesus Christ. Thank you that their life will never be the same after today, God. And as I lay my hands on them, God, I pray a fresh anointing on their life right now from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, God. God, whatever they're standing in need of, we speak speak over their life no more delays we speak over their life no more delays we speak over their life no more delays and we declare that it is so in Jesus name freedom give God the biggest praise you can
Come on, give God the biggest praise. Hallelujah. Y'all can take them out this way. Take them out that way. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands as they're going. Come on, that's what it's all about, freedom. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. As we get ready to give at this time, as we get ready to give at this time, as we get ready to give at this time, hallelujah. He's a mighty God. Glory to his name. He's a mighty God. And we give God all the glory and all the praise. God is amazing. He's 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 amazing. Hallelujah. Listen, you know God is up to something when all you do is lay out the vision and souls come. I don't think y'all realize what, where y'all at right now. That when you lay out the vision and people come, God is up to something here. Hallelujah. Come on, as we get ready to give, as we get ready to give, don't forget, I'm asking you, by Christmas, I need you to give $40, amen, so that we can buy cameras, so that we can get everything that we need, so that we can go online, amen. We have so many members that are out of town, amen, that still support this church, that want to be a part of what's happening here, and we can use the internet to do just that. So let's give on today, but first let's give our tithe, let's give our offering to the Lord, and then Let's give him the sacrificial offering so that we can get these cameras. Amen. Um, I think uh, April told me it's about $3,500 that we need total in order to do it. Amen. $3,500 total in order for us to do it. And we want to make sure that we do just that. I believe that God is getting ready to do something amazing. Amen. Even through the internet. Amen. We have so many people that listen to our podcast. Amen. But it's nothing like seeing it with your own eyes what God does in this house. And so I'm grateful to God. Amen. Are we ready to give? Amen. Y'all still writing checks? Are we ready to give? Amen. All right. Lift your offering up before the Lord. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you, God. We thank you that we have something to give on today. Let it be pleasing in your sight, God. Get the glory out of it, God. We're not just giving money, God, but we're sowing seeds on today, God, that we're going to reap a harvest, God. And God, I speak prophetically over this house that some of the harvest that we will receive won't even happen in 2020. It's going to happen in these last couple of weeks of this year. I decree and declare, God, that you're getting ready to blow our minds like never before. God even as we sow seed on today God and we thank you and honor you as we give the $40 God we're giving it knowing that somebody on the other end of that camera is going to come to know you just by watching it God and God that we get to be a part of that we're grateful we'll give you all the glory and we give you all the praise it's in Jesus great name that we pray and let everybody say amen serve the people of God serve the people of God Give us instructions on how we're going to do Leftovers with Love. First of all, let me say thank you to all those that gave and supported Leftovers with Love. I appreciate it so much. And we're getting ready to feed the hungry. Amen. And the homeless. Amen. And Vaisha's going to give us direction and I'll dismiss us. Okay, thank you. If all the foundation members could head out into the cafe at this moment.
So when we dismiss, we're asking all of those who are assisting with packing the food because the leaders are going to take the food out. We just need help packaging it. If you could just head to the cafe and enter into the assembly line, we need people to serve the food and to bake the plates. And then once you get out there, they'll be able to give you more direction. But for those of you who are actually helping, just head to the cafe and assume the line position. Great. Thank you. Everybody standing as we get ready to go. Amen. If you give it, you can stand. Amen. They still pass it. Praise God. Freedom, I got a question for you. Are you excited about where God has taken us? Are you excited? I'm excited. And I'm expecting God to do great things. Amen. Grab the hand of your neighbor as we go. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you for what we have experienced in this place. We thank you for the power of, your, of the vision that you have for this house, God. God, I pray for every member right now, God. Cover them, cover them, cover them, cover them, cover them. Cover their families, cover their children, cover them, God. Cover their minds, God. God, I pray even in this season, God, of Advent and this season of celebration that somebody uh, is going to miss somebody that's not here anymore. But God, I decree and declare no depression. I decree and declare a lifting now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for a joy, an unspeakable joy that's full of glory. God, we honor you and bless you for all that you're doing as we dismiss this place but never from your presence God go with us go before us God and we give you all the praise all the glory and honor it's in your great son Jesus name that we pray and if you love the Lord somebody shout amen come on give God a last praise come on give him a praise